Welcome to Brotherly Pod here, Sunday, November 28, 2021, post-game show! I don't know if you heard or not, but uh, they lost again. Uh, sixth straight loss, I believe it's the first time since the end of 2018, early 2019. I believe right around the time Dave Haxtell got canned, actually, was the last time they uh, sucked this bad. Ironically enough! Here, as we sit on the eve of what could be LAVO's potential last game in Philly. Um, I'm not, I don't even want to get into the, I, I, tomorrow morning on BradleyPuck.com, by the time most of you listen to this, I have a 2200 word piece coming out where I vented about the coaching staff and everything that's going on with this team and the potential firings and what to do next. So, I don't want to spoil that, but, uh, I don't, I, I, as much as I think this is on the players and not necessarily the coaching staff, we're getting to a point where I don't know what you do next. And uh, we'll, I guess we'll talk about all this here. Nick's here. I should introduce my co-host. Nick is back. Hi, Nick. Good evening, I guess. Yeah. It was good until I watched the stupid fucking hockey team play. Yeah, I was like buzzing today. Like having a good day. Work was all right. And then I turned we're this We're getting shit to on. the point where it was like last year where I'm like, I'm dreading watching the Flyers. Yeah. like It's a chore to go. Oh, fuck. It's 7 p.m. <laughs> Gotta turn on the stupid hockey game and waste three hours of my life. Yeah. Like, why, why Why? am I ruining my day? Why, like, I like looking out the window, seeing all the Christmas lights in the neighborhood. It's a good day. Good day to be above ground. Turn the flyers on. I want to die. Yep. <laughs> they were uh, 0 for 3 in the power play. They have not scored on the power play since the Boston game, which was five games ago. They are 0 for 11 in the last four. And they've only scored three times on the power play in the entire month of November, which is 13 games. They're three for 42 in that stretch. They are just eight for 63 on the season. That's pathetic. Uh, if we're going to talk about the power play. Eight divided uh, by 63. 12.6% uh, right now. Which is not the worst in the league, by the way. There's still like five teams that are worse than they are. I don't even know how that's possible. I have a hot take, which isn't that hot. They'll finish dead last in the power play when the season is over. I mean, they're certainly in the race for it. I guess they're in the race for finishing first in something. They uh, don't have a power play quarterback, Dan. No, they don't. That, that's the first problem. Provorov, what is wrong with him on both ends of the rink? He was bad. To the, that, that fourth goal was comical, but the state of the power play first. Uh, Provov isn't a quarterback. Uh, JVR is not a quality power play unit. Nobody fits presence. anywhere on that power play. No, no, That's the no problem. Anywhere. Uh, they were the using Sandheim unit. in the bumper roll in the slot. I thought that was hilarious. And then when they finally got him a good pass and a good look, he whiffed on the shot. Yep. So you know it's bad, like you said, when you're putting. Sandheim in the bumper spot. It, it, it's you have two units with a bunch of players that don't belong anywhere. 
or they're or they're playing a position that they're just not skilled enough to do. And yeah, I'm just some schmo in his mid thirties watching a game from my 70s. couch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. But uh, you don't have a power play quarterback really on either unit, and you don't have a shooter on either unit. You don't have a net front presence on either unit. Nope. And you don't have anyone that's skilled enough. You don't have anybody that can produce offense anywhere in your fucking lineup right now, actually. Nope. Like, what do all those like good power play units have in common? Is you can pressure them all you want, but like their puck movement's precise. It's 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 quick. It's skilled. It's it's precise. And the Flyers, these teams now, you notice like whoever gets the puck. They're just going after the puck carrier on yeah. the Flyers because they know the Flyers. The slightest are... bit of pressure, yeah. they're gonna crumble like a fucking shitty cookie. Fly... Yes, the Flyers are not quick-witted enough or skilled enough to make quick plays, bang, bang, bang on the power play, which is what you need to do. I just said a... I'm not gonna talk about the coaching, but I'm gonna get into the coaching. Do this it. is one of those things. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people on Twitter over the last couple days about you know firing Vino because it's the popular take right now. I don't know if you've heard. But, uh, big time tonight, dude. The biggest thing for me is like, you can fire Vino and Tarion at this point. I don't care. There's no reason to defend them. But yeah. that, you know, so many people think you're going to fire the coaches and this team's going to go from dog shit to Stanley Cup caliber overnight. Mm-mm. The reality of the situation is these fucking players suck. They do. Like, you're going to replace. Alevi uh, Yo with Mike Yao, Boudreaux. Ugh. If you're lucky, maybe uh, Tarion, uh, or uh, not Tarion. What the fuck's uh. his name? Tor- Julian. Claude Julian or uh, Rick Tockett. But, like, you are still stuck with shitty players. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's going to... Maybe you can run a better system. Maybe you find a guy that can maybe uh, score a goal or two in the power play, but you're still dealing with this underwhelming group of injured shitheads. Sean Couturier is not going to win your shit as a 1C. You're not. He's not. And he's here until 20 fucking 30, for Christ's sake. You're going to be in the fucking grave in 2030. Oh, God. <laughs> be 80-some years old. Look, I'm the best. Lo- I, I, I'd be in the Guinness Book of World Records then. I'd be the best-looking 80-year-old on this fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Coach is not going to fix this. You might get that, like... That, that new coach bump everyone always talks about, like, happens across all sports. We're like, new coach, let's play for him. Yeah. And then you you buzz for a game or two, and then it's right back down to earth. So uh, injuries are not this team. I feel like you could just play our last post-game show. This team's still full of players. All the overhauling that was done, there's still so much problem there's still so many problems there's still so many here's a theory mediocre players they let me hear it, let me, let me hear it. nine players on this team remain from the dave hextall ron hextall era nine that's it however mm. those nine players are pretty much your entire leadership group at the moment so you have drew i haven't written down here let me see if i can pull this up here as i try and kill time awkwardly at the moment! Mm. Load faster, bitch! Thank you. <laughs> Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, JVR, mm. Ivan Provorov. 
your four fucking leaders, not to mention Konechny and Sanheim, the two most underwhelming shitheads that have ever played hockey in their lives, Lindblom, Lawton, and Hart are the other three. That's pretty bad. That's your entire leadership group. That's a lot of salary and a lot of mediocre players. That sucked during the last era. Some of them mm-hmm. sucked during the fucking previous era. Mm-hmm. And now they suck here. Mm-hmm. It's not a constant theme that they're all together. Like, I, 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 I realize Couturier, Konechny, and Sanheim are the leaders of the Can Do No Wrong Club, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't dare blame Sean Couturier. He's got a Selkie trophy, an undeserved Selkie trophy, may I add. Very undeserved. All Very these undeserved. years ago. It's like, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 that seems more like a common link to me. And, you know, beyond all else, and the injuries are piling up. It's impossible to succeed with zero center depth, you know, to begin with. Mm-hmm. You can fire, and this just comes back to it. Like, I don't have any reason to defend Vino. I don't particularly care at this point. Let chaos reign, burn the ship down, and start again for all I care. But it's not going to solve as much as people think it's going to solve. As far as I'm concerned, Hayes and Ellis probably can't be considered options for most of the season. You know, even though they both may be back around Christmas after Christmas, you know, the six weeks time frame on Ellis, I believe, would have been put him right around Christmas time. And Hayes, you know, was never put on IR, so I don't think he's gone, you know, theoretically that long. But if they come back, neither one of them are going to be at 100%. You know, you're not going to get the best out of those players. Mm Mm-hmm in that time and if you don't have good center depth if you don't have you know your number one defenseman number two defenseman you're shit this team is not good or deep enough correct to survive all these injuries let alone to be like if this team was at a hundred percent health and hayes and ellis and brassard and thompson whoever the fuck else is injured was here and playing right now and they looked like this Fire everybody. Fire the yes. coaching because it's on them. But right now, you, your injuries have forced your hand to a point where you're not going to succeed with this current roster. Uh, these players just are not good enough in general, and they're certainly not good enough to overcome missing your 2C and number one defenseman. There's, there's so many fucking problems here that stem so far beyond AV. Mm-hmm. So... Like I said, fire the guy. I don't care. But if you're going to sit here and fucking pretend that's going to solve anything, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's not. You're absolutely right, Dan. You, you don't have center depth. You don't have a one, two, three down the middle. All exceptional teams. If you're healthy, who are your three centers? Couturier, Hayes, and Watton? Broussard? Yeehaw, you don't even have a three see if the team is healthy. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, all, Christ, all it's except- hot in here. <laughs> I can feel your heat coming through the fucking screen, dude. Um, uh, you don't have legitimate three Cs. And, and and all quality teams that beat the shit out of lesser teams have three quality centers that can fucking distribute the puck, that can not turn it over like our fucking centers do. Our, our center depth is laughable at this point. It's a bunch of AHLers at this level, at this the yeah. level they're playing. Max Willman, Connor Bunneman. If one of those goes down, I don't even know who the fuck's the next man up. Nope. Oh, Frost ain't doing it. All right, Frost is here, kids. What's he doing? Frost exists for what it's worth. Much. I mean, let me, let me, because people were very angry at the suggestion of calling him up early. 
and I've been dealing with a couple of guys on Twitter, and listen, Frost has been fine. In the grand scheme of things, he just exists, which is what I expected him to do. He's not hurting the team. On the list of shit that's fucked up right now, Frost doesn't even make the top 20. So, good on you, Morgan Frost, but he's not solving any problems. Turns out he's not Claude Root Jr. Fuck yourself, Silver. Jesus Christ. Dan's a nice guy. He just has really bad takes sometimes. They're very misguided. <laughs> He's actually older than I am. He's in his 40s. So there you go. Uh, I have a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out, Craig. Uh, Craig is from Staten Island. Might be messing that up. But he's a Rangers fan. He's a New York fan, obviously. He's from New York. Uh, he warned me about Vino. He said, he said, nope. He's like, that was Tortorella's team. He uh, took to the cup. And... Uh, he said he pretty much wore out his welcome really quick. I mean, think about it. Vino was not with the Rangers long. And they have blossomed after him. Not that this is all well, his fault or vice versa. destroyed but... it before they blossomed after him. They... Yeah, he did. I mean, he was killing the youth over there, wasn't he? Was that yeah, like the big... I think a lot of that was misguided more than it was anything. But uh, he was with the Rangers for five years. Oh, wow. Man, time See, time fucking flies when your home team is just shit and all the years run together. This isn't an overreaction. It, it's it's November twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. As I look at my watch here, but guess what? This isn't this isn't. It feels just... like uh, November 28, 2015 at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. All those quotes after last game, like what was that? You could have pulled again. We gotta try harder. We gotta be better. We gotta do this. We're on the verge of something great. Shut the fuck up. We've been saying that, you've been saying that, and all of our co-hosts have been saying that across all of your podcasts over the last three years. We're not overreacting. This is now ten fucking years of this. Yeah. You've... The Hextall rebuild yielded literally next to nothing. The Hextall rebuild and the mentality that he brought with him killed this franchise. You absolutely destroyed the whatever the fuck was remnant of, you know, the, the Snyder era at that point and the hockey that we grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. the winning every night and making the playoffs consistently and not settling for bullshit. You know, here we are in fucking 2020 and people love Travis Konechny and Travis Sanheim and they Sean stink. Couturier and all these fucking underwhelming group of shitheads. Morgan Frost, the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. He sucks fat cock, okay? Jesus Christ. I hate, I hate, I hate these fucking players. Every last one of them. They're the worst. They're the worst. People defend them. I know. I How know. can anybody... This, this is the difference between the super fan and the realistic fan. The super fan will fuck every last one of these players. Oh, they're so great that it can't possibly be the players. Where's anybody with fucking two brain cells to rub together should be able to go like, Ooh, man, these players suck ass. Because they do. They eat ass for breakfast, okay? I hate this girl. Give me Zach McEwen. Give me Joel Farabee. Give me both the goalies. And fuck everyone else. You would have thought maybe that that Zach Mac fight would have, you know, got That was an awesome fight, BT Dubs. Great fight. That was awesome. a fucking sick fight. That dude can fucking fuck it's throw hot here. Keep going. I wonder why it's high. You're fucking screaming your lungs out. But that McEwen fight got nothing going. I appreciate that he tried to wake the team up, but all that led to was nothing. It was still 2-1 to one at the end of the second. They really didn't do much else. 
and uh, the um, the puck don't lie. Even after the Flyers tied it, you, you thought like, oh, we got a lucky break here. Went off the referee's skate, kind of <sighs> caught him in their own zone, pinned him in. Let's build. Nope. They just don't. They don't. They don't create momentum. They don't. They don't. They just don't. They don't know how to harness anything. You would have thought like maybe after that fight they'd be chipping pucks in and smearing people through the boards. Nope. Just. It's just so bad. Like I. I again, it's more than just a couple guys. It's it's the it's the collective group. But Travis Konechny is not a top six forward. But he would have had forty goals had the season not ended with the. I don't know. Oh God. I fucking hate that argument. If anyone says that again, turn in your fan card. You you you, you, you don't what know what you're talking. You're like three. I don't know. You looked that up while I I, I ran about the mediocre. Like, how about that the, those power plays too? Like he does nothing on the power play. Absolutely no, nothing. He's fucking, he's worthless. He makes faces. That's why he's a he fan gets, favorite. Because that's shot. what you're teaching your fan base to do. They gotta make faces. He fucking makes faces like Gritty does. Oh my god, he's great. He's not. He sucks at fucking hockey. Stop going to Flyers games, everybody. Unless you get a hold of some free tickets, don't go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. His two goals in... He's got five goals on the season, three of which were scored in the first three games. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11... 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and then tonight would be 17. Seven, two goals in 17 games since. He stinks. Unbelievable. He doesn't win puck battles. He gets shoved off the puck easily. His decision-making is bad. It was like last year. He had five goals in the first five games last year and then put up six in the following 42 Call him Travis Houdini because that motherfucker disappears like crazy. And he's on pace to do the exact same thing this year. Two goals in 15 games. It is what he is. He's he's a very barely mediocre player. <laughs> he can't beat anyone with his speed. He can't deke anyone. He doesn't win anything against the boards. He is nothing. Travis Konechny fucking sucks. Fuck you, Travis Konechny. I'm, I'm going there now. Fuck you. Here is a like, poll I put out during the game. <laughs> Uh, oh, would you rather oh, yes, have go... signed Doug Hamilton at $9 million for seven years and he played every night, or would you still have acquired Ryan Ellis at uh, six years at $6.25 million, but he missed 30-plus uh, games a season? I was just curious to see what the temperature was. 164 votes, 81% would rather have taken Doug Hamilton. I would assume the other 19% are the extall people that value cap space over winning. By the way, do you notice like Dougie Hamilton was everywhere tonight, just feasting yeah. on the on the mediocre Flyers? And he was healthy and playing in the game. What a fucking novel concept! He knows how to fucking shoot the puck. He knows how to pass. He knows how to pinch. He knows how to hit. Like again, why why didn't Fletcher? Uh, here's a legitimate question. I know I know you had to move players to get to bring other guys in because you were up against the cap, but like. Why not make some of these moves and then and then go for Hamilton instead, who has a way better track record? I don't know. You're preaching to the choir here, Nick. Like, he was everywhere. And by the way, speaking of Sean Couturier, too, because I think on a couple of those goals or assists that uh, Dougie Hamilton had, like, he's in there down below the dots. And Travis Konechny, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm so used to hating on him. Sean Couturier was nowhere to be found on the defensive coverage. 
Sean Couturier has been abysmal this season. Can't trade him. Not not at the way he's playing with that contract. He's fucking. You had him the at peak value. The contract didn't even kick in yet. That's what I'm saying. You're the, they're already suffering from a contract that didn't even start yet. They I have no idea why fucking, they signed him before dude, the year. We were no idea. Drum. We were banging this drum two years ago. I was we the one who wrote the piece that says, "Do not re-sign Sean Couturier." Yes, we were on the we were on the wagon of get rid of him, bring in Jack Eichel, bring in somebody. Because he does not create offense on his own. He relied on Voracek and Giroux. And you see, when he doesn't have them on his wings, he's just back to being a mediocre forward. And his defensive coverage has been ass the last couple of weeks. He sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got to be hurt. And the only reason he's, you know, he's one then of those fucking guys. sit down. Then make him sit. Fucking tank it. Burn it to the ground and <laughs> tank it and get a better pick instead of dragging this fucking stiff out there. Yeah. Oh, it's the problem with Couturier is like he's done this before. You know, he's one of those guys that just he'll play every game for you, but he'll play, you know, three quarter of the season banged up, and you're dealing with it now. He's got to be hurt because if he's if he is perfectly healthy right now and he sucks this bad, and you go up and I, I was thinking about it too. Like years past, again, here I am talking about like the old days. Why is it? So, I'm gonna have to open a window soon. It's fucking hot in here. Sweet Christ! It's just the last fun season was ten years ago. The the Yager season. That was ten years I mean. ago. Ten. The 2012 Flyers Pen series was ten, ten years ago. Years ago, dude. Fuck! I was That's what in... a sophomore at that point, a junior. Jesus Christ! In high I school. Was, I was 26. Holy fuck! Yeah, man. Like, and, and think about that team. Like, that's a team that was skilled and had depth across the across the lines. You had good center depth. You had good scoring young wingers. You had Kimo team and what was left of them. I hate this team. Yeah, it's, I just, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's beyond a coach. I know is. you want to fire the coach, and everybody wants to do that for the instant gratification of something else happening. But like, in the bigger picture and, here, you're fucked. You're fucked from top to bottom right now. And and your two assistant coaches, I touched on Mike Yo last episode. Both assistant coaches were head coaches of the Penguins and Blues, respectively. They were expected to be better. Both coaches got fired, and then the team went on to win the cup. Michelle Therrien in 2009, the Penguins won. They fired his ass, brought in Dan Bilesma, and obviously, very recently, the Blues fired Mike Yo, gave Craig Berube the reins, and they won the cup in 2019. <coughs> so let's fire We're going to win a cup? Is that what you're saying, Nick? No, not this team. This, team, like, <laughs> this isn't the 2010 Flyers where you had all the pieces. Speaking and... of 2010 Flyers, I don't want to cut your rant off here. but go ahead, uh, go, go, go. No, it really wasn't a rant. Chris Pronger's jersey from that series in the, in the 2010 final came up. Uh-huh. The away one, the white one. $10,000 they want for don't, it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I need to sell my Pro Rob jersey before it loses value. I have a black stadium series. Uh, no, it's just it, it's the third jersey. Started. I have the black. I have the third jersey Pro Rob jersey. If anybody wants it, DM me. I'll sell it to you for a good price. I'm going to put one up on. i finally getting some of my Wells Fargo jerseys back. I saw that. After four months! I sent it at the beginning of August. It is currently November 28th. 
four months. You'll have to show me when we're done recording. I'm getting, uh, uh tw- let me see. Because some of, the- all the regular Home and Aways came back. We got, uh, Yando Ristolainen, Atkinson Ellis, Yager Emery, Pronger Timonen, Brzgalov Esh, Primo Dejardin, Couturier Provra, Forsberg Lindros are back. I'm still waiting on the Giroux. Uh, 2012 Winter Classic, the Simmons 19 Stadium Series, the Jason Smith White 2008 jersey, the Esh mm. Chrome jersey, and uh, one more other Flyers bling. But everything else is coming back. They're Hopefully doing all these Wells Fargo Center, huh? Yeah. They must have those numbers like in storage somewhere and like have to go deep into an attic and there's cobwebs everywhere trying to get oh, the yeah, Chrome numbers. Oh yeah, some of those black jerseys and stuff. I was surprised. I always thought I I was always told they just did the home and aways, the current home and aways, and you know whatever alternates mm. they have floating around at the time. But uh, then I somebody one of our Twitter followers showed me one of their jerseys that was a Lindros, a black Lindros jersey, and the custom work was beautiful. And I'm like, wait a second, that's real custom work. Where'd you get? And he said, the Wells Fargo Center does it. So I emailed the Wells Fargo Center with a picture of all the, uh, you know, old school jerseys. And I'm like, do you do this shit? And they go, yeah, we got stuff for everything. So I'm like, great, I'm about to drop way too much money on these jerseys to, to make it count. And I did. Uh, but they'll be back soon. So I'll start selling them. So the eBay page will be up uh, here because everyone gears for Christmas. So. You know what? That leads me to that. That just gave me a good thought, Dan. Like, <laughs> you're so loyal to the Flyers. That like you're willing to spend a lot of money on players like that aren't even on the team anymore. I would like, rather have jerseys and that relive my childhood favorites than I would yeah. like buy this, a Sean Couturier this, jersey. The only reason this, I, I have those Couturier and Provorovs, those were two team issued blank jerseys that I bought oh, cool. before the pandemic, um, and I needed to do something with them. And mm. I figured if I get them customized, I can at least flip them for a decent price because they're team-issued quality. So that was because th- those are two popular players that should be easy, relatively easy to move. So that's why I did that. I did not do them to add that to my collection. But, not interested. But, but like this, these cocksuckers that just – and I've heard what Mike had to say about just the, the shadiness about Peter Luca bowing out and Dave Scott getting the seat. That reawakened out of his crip. Yeah, like, these assholes just keep trying to shove gritty down our fucking throats and and Taryn Hatcher down our throats. And it's just like I didn't say that Nick did everyone. Please don't cancel me. Well, she's a pretty girl. I'm just saying, like you know, they're just taking advantage of people like me and you and Mike and Anthony and. Well, not me. That's for certain. Sure. Well, I'm just saying, like taking advantage of me with. There's a there's a there's a, a huge fan base here that just. I think you've you turned a lot of them off. You keep seeing on Twitter like I cancel my season tickets. I've had partial. I've I've had partial plans three different seasons. Twice they missed the playoffs, and I gotta tell you, it's a fucking drag to go down there that many times and watch them get their shit kicked in. Nobody wants to fucking go to forty-one home games and watch them lose half of them, or go to ten home games and watch them lose seven of them. Like, it's just a drag, especially, you know, we talked about this before. You know, for me, it's at least an hour and a half to get down there. On a oh, I ain't day. driving to no fucking Flyers game anytime soon. You kidding me, fool? No, I have actually have got a hold of free tickets in March. I'm going with my cousin. <laughs> and it might be a morgue in there by the time March rolls around. But it's five rows off the ice. It's free. We're going to go. He's expecting. Congratulations, Johnny and Danielle. So it's something he can do before his kid is born two months after the fact. Uh, it's just, 
you know, I've got a big Flyers jersey collection. You do, Mikey D, Jim, Anthony, Banny, all the ladies on the podcast here. Like, it's just, there's, they just, they've just shoved it in our face, man. It's just disgusting to, to just, I don't know, man. The, the balls they have to, like, run, run season ticket promos or their Instagram, Twitter page is like, you know, Buy half off tickets. Like, nah, man, pay me. Like, give me a gas card when I go to the game to reimburse you for the gas I spent driving down there. It's just a joke, dude. Like, there's, there's no one worth a damn. You, no. Even with, it just sucks. It just fucking sucks. <laughs> that was Nick's head careening into his microphone. I'm just defeated. <laughs> I, I, I've, I don't know what else to say again. Like, it's just Travis Sanheim sucks. Provorov. Travis Konecki is incredible, or, or Travis Sanheim, rather, is incredible. He's playing some of his best hockey of his fucking career over the last few games, and he still is the worst player on the ice. Uh, it's incredible. He has to play that good to be that mediocre. When you think about it. Same thing with Konecki. Like, even when he's playing good, he's just mediocre. Provorov looks like Provorov of last year again. Can't make a pass. Can't hit the net with a shot. Can't can't receive a pass. Getting lost in coverage. Katuria getting lost in coverage. Travis Konechny, not good in the defensive zone. Not good in any zone. Lindblom. Nowhere to be found this year. I'm sorry. But what was that? Oh, Anthony wants in. <clears throat> no, I'm here. Anthony! Bonjour. Anthony, bonjour. Hey, what's going on, boys? Speaking well, of... we're in the middle of yelling and screaming, Anthony, is what's going on. I don't know if you heard, the Flyers suck. Uh, oh, you, you do tell. But, um, yeah, so I only caught the end of the game. Oh, lucky uh, you. Thankfully. Yeah, I, I counted my lucky blessings on that one. But, uh, well, where are you guys at? I'm kind of jumping on a moving train right now. I'm ready to jump in front of a moving train right now, actually. Yeah, me too. Uh, find a different <laughs> team to support is where I'm at. Well, Ducks? All... Yeah. All, uh, I used to cheer for the Ducks, actually, when I was a kid. They're lots of fun right now, by all accounts. So, yeah. uh, I'm all for it. Go, go Zegers. Go for it. Yeah. So, look, I guess it's more, like, I kind of just put out a thread, too, is that, like, it's kind of just at a point where you can't even try and hope to salvage this. Like, look, there's always the possibility that you could try and pull a St. Louis Blues or a Flyers 0910 out of your ass and really just fucking try and go on a run here. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think at this point you may just have to fire the coach just to show some sense of accountability, show some sense of care. And like I said online, I don't think this is an AV problem. I just don't think this is the... Like, he didn't sign up for this. He didn't sign up to be a building team. He came here to win a cup. If he wanted to just deal with a fucking shit show, he could have gone up to Buffalo and probably made more money doing it. I believe that was the runner-up to get him. And I just think that at this point, this is inevitably going for a rebuild or a, t a retool, whether or not Fletcher and or Scott want to admit it. And if that's the way it's going to be, I think A.V.'s the last guy for the job. I don't think you want him here. I don't think he wants to be here for this. Every other team he's coached in the last fucking decade and a half have been competitive teams. He's been to two cup finals. How many Eastern Conference slash Western Conference finals? 
I just think that at this point, unless they're still holding on hope that, oh, this is because of injuries and they could still turn this around and want to ride it or die with AV, like if that's the stance you want to take, more power to you and hopefully you could turn it around. But like, I just don't see a way out of this. And it's not just this six game sample size. This goes back to last year. And even before this six game losing streak, they weren't exactly playing phenomenally. So that's kind of just where I'm at. The, uh, <laughs> this is far beyond Vino. You know, he you're you have one game in the next seven days. I believe Wednesday they play the Rangers because the Islanders game is postponed. If there was ever a time to fire the coach, it's right now because you give the next guy at least a few days to try and implement some kind of system and teach something. Because you got five games in seven days next week. Okay, that's gonna suck. So if Vino survives the next 48, 72 hours or so, I would assume he's here for at least the rest of the season. But at this point in time, firing Vino is just almost, uh, 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 I don't want to say mandatory, it's not the right word, but... Formality? Formality, yes, exactly. It's a formality because you can't the right word. blow up the team right now, but... There's no way out of this. It's pretty goddamn clear that they're approaching rock bottom, and the injuries suck, absolutely, but as Nick and I were talking about before, even if this team was fully healthy, do they have any kind of legitimate talent to make a serious push? And the answer is no. Your three centers are a half-dead Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, and, you know, who's your three C? Derek Broussard, Scott Lawton. Ye yeah. the fuck ha! You know what are good centers? You just do not have the talent to make a true legitimate run. If everyone was healthy and they were playing this bad, fire everyone, no questions asked as the coaching staff. But at least with the injuries, you do have the built-in thing of it, it potentially being more than this. But this is more on the players than it is the coaching staff for me. And and people don't want to admit that because they don't want to admit their favorite players suck. But uh, this is far more than the coaching problem. And, and I don't know how you legitimately go about this. You know, firing the coach is a formality. It's the, hey, we're holding someone accountable. But there's so much shit to undo here. And, mm-hmm. and it's not something that's going to happen in the middle of a season. You need another summer like Fletcher had last year to, you know, tear down the entire team almost and flip the other half of what they had and, you know, they, the, 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 you know, this is something Anthony and I have been talking about for years. The timelines of this team not adding up, you know, and we're finally at the point where we're seeing, we're seeing the fruits of their bullshit. You know, the veterans are washed up pieces of shit, and your young guns are shit. You know, <laughs> it's all tame shit. So nothing's gonna get any better. I've just accepted it at this point. Like, it's never gonna get and- any better than it is now. And the thing is, is that I could fully see them putting Yo or Everyone's a Dream, Rick Tockett in, and then they get Hayes and Ellis and Broussard and Allison back. And, you know, they go on a run, they squeak into the eighth wildcard picture, and then they get curb stomped by the Hurricanes or the Panthers. Like, I still think that if they get healthy in time and they could get that new coach bump and, you know, go on a, you know, a miracle run and get into the playoffs, but then what? You're out in the first round. You know, it's a success if you get to seven games. Mm-hmm. And then this group of players of Couturier, Hayes, Atkinson, Ellis, all these older guys are getting older. 
And these younger guys are now becoming middle-aged, regular-age guys in the NHL. And your prospects are wearing thin. Your aces in the hole are, you know, are few and far between at this point. From Frost. inside that's the it. That's your only one. That's the only one left. And Maybe York. It's, and it's just like, is that what you want? You just want to, you know, maybe get that new coach bump so you could get back into the playoffs? And look, I'm not discounting what the injuries have meant to this team. You know, Hayes being out, Broussard being out, Thompson, I know people hate him, but him being out, like, that is three centers out of your lineup right now. And even when they are fully healthy, to your point, Dan, they're not exactly, like, an elite-level team down the middle. I would say they're top 20 at best. They are very thin down the middle, and they're not top-heavy either. They don't have depth, and they aren't top-heavy. So they just have passable centers when fully healthy. No, I do think having at least comparable centers as opposed to, let's say, Lawton playing in the top nine every night and guys like Bunneman playing is better, but you get my point. But then, like, if you get a fully healthy lineup and then you just get into the playoffs and get knocked out, then what is the point of all this? Because you're, you're, a lot of your players are getting older. You made this team older with the thought process that you were going to kind of contend for a cup. And I don't care if you make the team older, but at least have something to show for it. And that's just sweet, to sweet of... playoff cash. Exactly. And and look, I, I guess kind of put a bow on this AV thing is just like maybe I'm just hanging on to how he got this team looking before COVID. Let's say mid-January 2020, right up until the pause. That was the best the Flyers have looked since before the Hextall era. So I have a lot of respect for him as a coach. But I think it's getting to a point where I don't know if we're ever going to see that team playing like this again. You were not. Yeah, A.V. got screwed in the grand scheme of his tenure here between the pandemic and now all the injuries and just he had a few months where things were going right before the world went to shit. And, you know, unfortunately, it's probably going to cost him his job now. But, you know. Anthony, the difference between the 2019 Blues, the 2010 Flyers, the 2009 Penguins is those teams were actually good and were supposed to be good. And those coaches were not getting the most out of those rosters. They were actually getting very, 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 very little out of those rosters. Like so, Stevens in 0910. Correct. Like, like, uh, like, yo, who's on this fucking bench and Michelle Terrian, who's on this bench. We actually just talked about this before you got on, uh, good teams like say the Panthers, for example, right? Joel, Joel Quenville had to resign in disgrace. That team's so good. They lost their head Hall of Fame coach and are chugging right along because yep. that team is actually yep. good. And I, that's what I come back to. And look, I agree. Like, I'm not going to play down what the injuries have meant to this team, like I said before. But it also gets to a point where, like, every team deals with injuries. Like, you can't just hang your hat on that and then expect everyone to forgive you, especially after last season. But at the same time, you have to say, oh, well, this defense looks the same as last season. Well, you know, their biggest acquisition on the defense is barely played. Oh, their forwards are worse than last year. Well, yeah, you subtracted arguably your best forward over the last 15 Nolan months. Patrick? Jake yeah, Nolan Patrick. Well, Jake Voracek and now arguably your Ironically, they could important. really use somebody like Jake Voracek right now. Well, that's the other thing is just I, I don't know if anyone discounted how good he was as a player. It was always about the contract and some of the intangible things behind 
the scenes. But I don't think everyone, anyone ever said that Atkinson was a better player than Voracek. Dan, how many times did we come on here and sing the praises of Voracek after 2020? Like Christmas 2019 the, on, basically, until his last day. We uh, yeah, had a and, lot of good things to say about Voracek. And, you know, in the 2020 playoffs, he and Hayes were, like, the only top-tier forwards who actually showed up. Giroud didn't play well. Katori didn't play well. JVR, Konechny. It was Hayes and Voracek. So, I mean, they kind of robbed Peter to pay Paul a bit in terms of going from offense to defense. But the problem is, is that your biggest defensive acquisition has been on the shelf. And all your, all your forwards have been on the shelf. Like, even a guy like Wade Allison, like... You know, I huge love what's... missing piece right now. Huge, the personality, the energy, the role, the net front presence, the shot, everything. Wade Allison is a gigantic missing piece of this roster. And then you get a guy like Broussard, who was playing well in his own right. Yeah. Kevin Hayes, who was playing well. Well, I mean, you can make the case is the most sec- is the second most important player on this team or forward at at the very least. So I mean, there are a lot of injuries, but like. For you guys, do you think it's like a coaching thing? Like, do you think it's a bit of both? Like, do you think a coaching change will do anything as long as the injuries are out? It's in part the coaches. They're not innocent in all of this, don't get me wrong. Especially fucking Michelle Terry, and that guy can suck a lemon. But uh, I I think this is more on the players. And like I said, the injuries just suck. They, They make this entire already murky situation even fucking murkier. And... But it's the players just not being good enough. You know, you put so much value in so many of these guys that just are talentless fucking hacks. Travis Konechny and Travis Sanheim and Sean Couturier, who just signed till the fucking end of time, you know. I just don't understand these players. And we were talking about this before you got on. Like, I've been talking to a lot of people on Twitter over the last couple days that are firmly in the belief that you fire AV tomorrow and this team is going to look like a cup-caliber team on Wednesday. And it's like, no. that's not going to happen. That's not even close, you know. As you mentioned, if everyone comes back, you know, if and when everyone comes back from their injury, healthier, healthier, maybe not healthy, but they can come back and put something together late in the season, they can stay within the, the, the race now, Maybe you got a late season push and you can figure it out and at least secure a wild card spot and get some sweet, sweet playoff cash. But the reality of the situation is like, this team is fucked. This team is fucked. Coaches are not. And, you know, that's, I'm almost kind of begging them to fire AV in a way. Because if they fire him and this team still sucks, maybe we can start addressing the real problems, you know, at this point. Because the, 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 the AV is your scapegoat right now, you know, and... Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this fucking hockey team. I'm so annoyed that I'm wasting my fucking life covering them. Why was I not a fan of soccer? Fucking Union mm. just won the night. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, the MLS sucks. But yeah, we were talking about that, Anthony. It's like, you, even what you just said, you might buzz for a couple games because you have a new coach, and that always tends to happen across any sport, really. But you're just going to come right back down to earth when you're complete lack of later, center depth, yeah. when you're complete... when. You, we were saying, Anthony, this team doesn't have a power play quarterback. It doesn't have a scoring winger. It doesn't have a good power forward. It doesn't have a good net front presence. So what's a new coach going to do? Absolutely nothing besides maybe make them buzz for a couple games. Yes, there are coaches, not just hockey, whether it's soccer, football, whatever, that they can get a lot out of a little. Kind of like That would be my next guess. 
You keep AV, or at least fire AV and promote Yao as an interim, and you just cross your fingers that Barry Trotz gets fired in New York in the next couple months, and you bring him on. You pay him $40 million a year to come in a coach for you. That would be their best hope right now, is somebody yeah, like Trotz, Trotz or Brendamore to come in a and lot out fuck of a this shit up. Uh, well, Peter, people want to... Go ahead. Go ahead, yes. Oh. Well, it's also people want to hang their hat on to the St. Louis model, like the do it by committee. Well, here's the thing. They don't have a winger dynamic like Tarasenko. That's the first thing. Second of all, that team was deep down the middle. You know, you had O'Reilly, you had Shen, you had Bozak, you had Barbashev. Like that was a deep team down the middle of the ice. Secondly, did you look at the size of their defensemen? They were a big, hard team to play against. And look, I I I do believe if, let's say, you transplanted the Flyers' healthy defensive group onto the Lightning or the Florida Panthers, I truly do believe that that is a cup-contending-worth defense. I think you can win a cup with that healthy defense, although I do think Provorov has to be better, but I think at this point we all know that. The thing is with Provorov is, like, we like I've always compared him to, like, the Lindholm-Rileys, where, like, he's a number-one D but he can't carry a core on his he own. He would be better if Ellis was healthy. I mean, the last sure. week, Anthony, he looks terrible. He looks like oh, he's yeah. regressing. For sure. And I just I just think it's because Provov is a guy that, and again, it depends what your definition is as, as a 1D. For a lot of people, for me, I think when you when they hear 1D, they jump to like Elite. Edmund or Yossi yeah. or Makar or McAvoy. But I think guys like Riley, Lindholm, Provov, they could also be 1Ds. But those types of guys need good partners. Like, the Leafs had to go out and get a TJ Brody to make Riley good again after his initial peak a couple of years ago, like they did with Niskanen and Provorov. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is like, you know, Dan, you bring up, like, the scapegoat here with, like, AV just getting fired and it would almost be a blessing in disguise. It's the same thing with, like, Nate Thompson. And don't get me wrong, like, Nate Thompson was brutal against the Hurricanes. But people are trashing on a guy who's playing and there's like four forwards out of the lineup. Like unless AV is a complete fucking fool, if this team is fully healthy at best, Thompson <laughs> is probably your 13th forward. Because the thing is, is like Broussard's going to play in front of him. Allison's going to play in front of him. Hayes is going to play in front of him. Maybe Patrick Brown and him swap in and out. And I don't know why people are so angry at a guy who's basically in the lineup because four forwards are out. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, the 15th forward is shit. Newsflash. That's why he's the 15th forward. You know, and you want to keep going back to why Nate Thompson's bad. Hey, he's bad. I'm not going to fucking fight with you about it. But the thing is, is that you're harping on a guy who's the 15th forward when in reality it's your leader's jobs to pull you out of the mud. Where the fuck has Sean Couturier been? Where's Travis Konechny? Where's, you know, Konechny where are all these people? Dry, one of my biggest pet peeves is people blaming the depth players for the lack of contributions from the top guys. And that is like prime example of Nate Thompson. You know, that's Nate Thompson. He plays six minutes a night. God damn it. It's his fault. It can't possibly be Sean Couturier's fault. He has one goal in 15 fucking games, but now it's not his fault. God, I, fought that. I hate that shit. Drives me nuts. Happens a lot lately. I'm glad Thompson dunked on Alex, by the way. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on both sides of that one. Like, yeah, no, Alex Alex picks on, like, Nate way too much instead of, like, why not call out Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, JVR. Oh, and, fuck, and... don't make me start on JVR. 
Kind of no, a goddamn aneurysm if I have to yell about him tonight. Yeah, and last episode too, Anthony, we talked about like I don't want to make the first round either. Like, what's the fucking point? I don't want another Penguins first round exit or another Capitals first round exit or even the way they fucking whimpered out against the Islanders. Like this, either fucking go all in or fucking tear it down. And how are you gonna go all in when you have so many players underperforming that? aren't really worth their contract and at no all. trade ships yeah everyone well you sucks well look you have what like 17 million dollars invested between Konechny, atkinson and jvr something like that not a lot and of then, goals between the three of them. and then next year factor and Faraby. so now you're probably oh in between 20 and 25 million dollars between four forwards who you know, maybe Konechny when he's at his peak and Faraby probably in the future, but those aren't, like, top-tier guys, top-line guys. No, not at all. And then you have no one in your system who could theoretically, you know, come up for them. It's just, you're getting to a point now where, like, and, look, a lot of people are saying, like, why isn't Fletcher on the hot seat? Why isn't Fletcher on the hot seat? And in my head, I'm saying, well, like, what do you want him to do? He's jumped. We talked about this with Mike last week, Dan. Like, he jumped on a moving train, and his entire tenure has just been salvage Hextall's plan. Salvage Hextall's plan. Salvage Hextall's plan. He's actively trying to do things. He had the biggest summer in 15 years for this organization this year. He made giant moves, and they still stink. But it's like an innovative. He's actively trying to save the goddamn ship. Yeah. Even all the moves he made, they're still back at square one. That's how bad some of these players are that are still here from before. But I just don't think that he would be allowed to tear it down. Honestly. What is happening in the group chat right now? Jesus Christ. Oh, our group chat's going nuts. And so is Egyptian incest and shit like that. What the fuck are they talking about? I don't know. Shane goes off the rails. (laughs) Anyway, continue. I just had to. No, it's just, it's just more about where, where was I going with this? Well, here's a question, Anthony. Since you have your you have your you have your connections, is there any grumblings of any coach getting fired, and is there any grumblings of a trade coming in the next couple weeks? Have you heard anything? I I checked in all this week with several people, and no one's really given me that sense, honestly. Like one person today told me, like, well, why are you gonna fire AV when the roster's junk? Bingo! Hey, give that guy a fucking prize. And then the other thing is, is like, I'm just like, well, you know, last season, he said, well, last season was the GM. So bingo! I like this guy. We're gonna bring him on the show. Well, and 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 I can tell you, he's not part of the Flyers organization. But the thing is, is that people look at this team and they say, you know, this isn't like. You know, you're coaching the Tampa Bay Lightning and things are spiraling out of control. Like, again, I do think that there is an aspect here that, like, if I had to give my best educated guess is that, and I think I said this last week with Mike, is that AV is so disgusted (laughs) that in his third season, like, he's still having to deal with this type of roster that it's almost, like, radiating off of him and, like, giving out, like, a negative energy. Uh, like, I think that it's getting to him so much that it's translating through his coaching. Like, I will never subscribe to AV's a bad coach. Oh, he relied on Hall of Fame goaltending. Oh, he's a fraud. No, I don't believe that. Do I think he's Al Arbor? No, of course not. You should but dig him up and put him I, on the bench. 
Yeah, I just I think AV's a good coach, but you need to give him the right roster. He's not the type of coach that's going to pry a mediocre team to the promise line, you know. But this team, I don't think at any point, maybe for that brief period right before COVID where they showed a glimpse of it, I don't think at any point during his tenure here, you've looked at a roster and can objectively say, this is a team that should compete for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I don't think at any point, and look, you could say that Stevens had that in Philadelphia. You could say Lavi had that in Philadelphia. Even that last team that uh, Baruby coached, that when he got when he took over three games in 13-14, yeah. you could maybe get by with saying it because of how much offense they had that year. I don't think AV has had that at any point. Maybe the first year when you still kind of had the tail end of the prime of Voracek and Giroux, but you know, that team was slow you- out the gates, Anthony. And it was slow at the gate. And but again, you were missing some defensive depth. You were missing mm-hmm. center depth. They haven't they still haven't fixed what went wrong in 2020. So that's where I get to with like and this source that I was talking to says like you're going to fire AV because the roster isn't good enough. And that's the thing. Like if you gave me the roster that they had tonight and have been playing with for the lion's share of games this year because of injuries, and what's their record now? Like eight, seven, and four, something like that. Eight, eight, eight now. Yeah, eight, eight, and eight, eight, and four. I think. Okay, so they're hovering. They're keeping their heads like slightly above water in terms of five hundred. So if you, yeah. so if I gave you this, like the rosters that they have been playing with before the season started because of injuries, and said they're probably going to be hovering just above 500 by December. Would you guys be like, oh, no, that's crazy? Mm. That, that, you would that's, say, well... That, like, that's the thing for me is, you know, I'm not on the fire Vino train, but I don't have a lot of reasons to defend the guy anymore. But that's been my point all along, and I have a piece on this coming out tomorrow. Like, you can fire the guy, but you're still stuck with this roster. <laughs> you're 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 feeding the hungry you know the the angry mob you're giving them the satisfaction of av's head on a pike but at the end of the day does it matter you know yeah. the next guy's gonna walk into the same situation at least in the short term probably for the rest of this season even if hayes and ellis come back i can't imagine they're anywhere near 100 percent. like i i just don't think it addresses anything more so than just quenching the thirst of the you know your 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 restless fan base but it doesn't i i I just don't see a reason to to fire vigno other than just to say you fired him all these people you can't make a trade just to make a trade well you're about to fire a coach just for the sake of firing a coach and like i said you got one game in the next seven days here this is the optimal time to fire him you just lost again tonight if he survives the next two or three days without getting canned, I would assume he's here for for the long term at this point, at least for the rest of the season, and they can, you know, reassess in the off season. But in the grand scheme of things, I just don't think firing AV solves really any problems. If you're lucky, you can find a guy that can come in and produce a little more on a power play. Maybe get something out of them in that sense. And you know, if you can get a power play that's more effective than what did I say, twelve percent on the season, they're. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have those number written down somewhere. Where is it? Six, uh, eight for sixty-three on the season, three for forty-two in the month of uh, November. You know, if you can find somebody that's a little better than that, you can at least start winning some games. At least picking up a few W's, making it look a little better than getting blown out five to two. But I don't think firing AV addresses any of the actual problems that this team is facing right now. You, you got to get rid of some of these guys that just continue to just be 
less than mediocre, and it just sounds obviously like an NHL 22 move, but you, you just have to. Yeah. You have to. You have to. Travis Konecki isn't leading you anywhere. Oh, if, if, if you're not going to go for it, or at least get rid of some of these guys that just clearly aren't going to give you anything. But here's my question is let's say you start trading these guys. And if you start trading guys like Konechny and I don't know, just JVR, even Giroux, if you go down that road, like, I don't think you're going to be really making hockey trades. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to be more making like, you know, train them for assets, which would signal a rebuild retool, however you want to phrase it. And at which point is AV even the right guy for this? I don't think he wants to be part of a, mm-hmm. a fucking rebuild. Like, who is the right you guy want... from it? Like, well, I mean, like Bruce yeah, Boudreaux is a better option than AV for a teardown. Like, well, whoever no, you bring in at that point is the sacrificial lamb. I just don't think this AV team through mediocrity until you fire him. Yeah, I just don't think AV would want to be here for it. And to be honest, I don't know if he wants to be here right now. I would. So Are you fucking I... kidding me, fool. Speaking of rebuilds, too, like how many teams ahead of the Flyers in the Metro and the Atlantic have fucking lapped the Flyers? Because it doesn't take a decade to rebuild anything. You know what I mean, like, and when you have a GM that didn't know what the fuck he was doing in Ron Hextall, and now you, have, like you said, with with Fletcher jumping on the runaway train, you have all these teams that fucking lapped the Flyers, yeah. and here we are, next to last in the fucking division, no fucking hope in sight. Nope. Two or three years at best, maybe four. If you're not lucky in the draft and you can flip it, you can make something happen. You can put a team on the right path, which quite frankly, at this point, if they just committed to that right now, sold everything off at the trade deadline in the summer and you racked up six dozen draft picks over the next few years, like great. I guarantee you it was somebody with the right fucking common sense behind their bench. Somebody like Chuck Fletcher who has been seemingly pretty good at this drafting thing. He could put a competitive team together in a few years if they did this rebuild right. But you just went through a fucking 10-year rebuild where you got nothing to show for it. You know? Are oh. you willing to do that as an organization? Is Dave Scott coming out of his crypt willing to fucking lose a whole bunch of money for three, four more years? But in the long term, it means you're doing it right. I don't think there's an answer to that one yet. We're going to have to find out. We're going to see how bad things get this year before we ultimately have a solution to that one. But it's not great. You know, Giroux's on an expiring contract. You're going to have to know what the fuck you're doing with him before the trade deadline. Are you going to trade him and try and get assets for him? Are you going to let him fucking walk in free agency or are you going to resign the guy? My guess at this point, he's not coming back. And it's going to be a fucking bitter pill to swallow that you ruined Claude Giroux's career. With all this shit for nothing. God damn it, I fucking hate this team. If this team's going nowhere, I say give Giroux, you owe him a chance to compete somewhere. Send you him owe him. Tampa for a seventh round pick. Send him somewhere and hope he comes back on a Let discount. Let the poor fucker try and win something. But he deserves it. This fucking franchise failed him. Well, I, I will always maintain that when Hextall took over that team in 2013-14... You should have burned you, it all down at the time. Well, that or, you know, the thing is, is like that forward group that Holmgren put together of Giroux, or Simmons, Shen, Couturier... Yeah. Voracek, that was a good forward group. You still had Scott Hartnell. Like, the defense was in shambles. But even the goaltending men, like, Steve Mason was good, if not great. Steve Mason was great. 
Like, they needed just a couple of defensemen to really settle things down, and it just turned into this. And it is really, it's a shame, man, because um, Giroux in the 2010s, last decade, whatever time frame you want to put on it, has been one of the most consistent, productive offensive players in the NHL. And I think it's not even a question that aside from Lindros or Clark, he is the best flyer of all time. And what he has had to go through is absolutely inexcusable through three GMs, how many coaches. Like, dude, the guy was here when the team was fucking on top with LaViolette and Pronger and Tiemann and all these guys. And he has just been barely treading water for this. I just, it's a shame, but I just, I want this team to just finally let go of everything in the past. Just say it didn't work. And I always bring it back to the Toronto Maple Leafs when Shanahan took over or even Rogers took over and said, look, we have something decent with Fanuf and Kessel and Bozak and all these guys, but we need something better. Decent isn't going to cut it here anymore. And could the Flyers tread water kind of like what the Leafs did in the Brian Burke era with those types of guys and make it a first round here, a first round there? Yeah, probably because they do have some form of talent on this team. But new ownership, Brendan Shanahan, they looked at that group and said, this isn't good enough. We need to be better. The fans deserve better. The Leafs were a tire fire from the fucking first lockout to the second lockout. And they recognized that mediocrity wasn't going to cut it. And I think that, and look, whether or not you like the philosophy of how the Leafs were built is a different argument entirely. But they fully committed to try making that team better. Regardless, and they got and they're better than the Flyers, Anthony. They're better than the Flyers. They are, and I just, you know, I said it last week, and obviously, I don't know how realistic it is with Dave Scott in charge, but bringing in like Chris Pronger as a director of hockey ops, you know, kind of like what the what the Canadians did today, bring in Jeff Gordon as executive vice president of hockey ops, like just something, a complete shift, and it's not even about Fletcher anymore. Like, I don't have anything against the guy, but he is still trying to salvage that Hextall plan, and I just think they need new. It needs to be new. They need to get off this trying to save the Hextall plan. I just don't... I hope I'm wrong. I hope that somehow they pull out some miracle trade or two and they get this thing back on the rails and they can be competing in the second or third or cup final in the in the spring, but I just don't see it at this point. I mean, do you, is... Hayes or Ellis even going to be back before Christmas? Is Wade Allison here before Christmas? If Allison not, they're fucking... The other two, probably not. All right, then they're fucked. Like, they can't make yeah, Allison uh, is practicing with the Phantoms, they say, about two weeks before he's back. And the other two, the six-week timeline on Ellis put him right around Christmas, and Hayes is still week to week. But I fucking can't imagine he's back anytime soon after tweaking it once. So I counted uh, when you were talking about coaches and gms cole drew's had six head coaches and three gms jesus fucking christ and look like name all six head coaches anthony okay it's stevens lavi ruby hack gordon avi you are you're a cadillac of men in in that order because he showed up in stevens last full year in 0809 yes that's when he showed up and i like the thing is, is that even when the Flyers went on the miracle run in 0910, like people forget how different the league was. They made the playoffs with 88 points. Yeah, yeah. that's true. 88. 
do you, that won't even get you like sniffing the jock strap of 108 the may not secure a playoff spot this year <laughs> well, that, crazy. that team underachieved all year long too that, that team was infuriating to watch until and look, april and look obviously goaltending was a huge fucking mess you know lavi trying to instill a new system especially with guys like Richards and Carter resisting it because they had hard-ons for Stevens, and I get that, and then the dry island, and, you know, Richards has said it numerous times, like, A.V., uh, not A.V., Lavi treated Pronger as the captain of that team, and that was kind of where the riff started, but I just think that, you know, you looked at that roster objectively and said this team could win a Stanley Cup. Like, I remember watching the TSN preseason show, and they all had Flyers, Blackhawks in the finals and one of I forget who it was but someone actually picked the Flyers to win but you know a, a Emery got hurt and then they just tailspinned out of control but this team you know before the season I said to Dan if all things remain equal and they stayed healthy I thought that they could be within striking distance of a cup contender if they made a massive trade or two mm-hmm. now obviously that's looking like a fucking joke that prediction but <laughs> obviously the Injuries have played a factor in all this, and I wasn't expecting Couturier JVR to be playing like this. And even a guy like Farabee, I know he scored a lot recently, but I still think defensively he's kind of a mess. He is. You know, it's even a guy like TK, man. Like, I think TK's a guy right now that's playing well in terms of doing all the little things right, but when everything else is going wrong... Like, he's not a guy that's going to be the catalyst. He's kind of like Sanheim that. Sanheim and Konechny both are dealing with that. I think individually, they've been playing very well, yet they still suck. It's incredible. They can't put it together. They can't <laughs> put it together. It's infuriating. <sighs> Konechny's always going to be streaky. And I'm still always going to point to one goal in 22 playoff games because he doesn't fucking go to the dirty areas. He's a perimeter player. JVR. Look, soft. Sorry. Sorry, Anthony. I'm going to no, it's that not if you had like Matthews and Marner and then you put TK with them, like that's a perfect type of line. Or you send him to Winnipeg and he plays with Shifley and Connor. TK yeah. is a first line all day. You're and a first I, line center with those two guys, Anthony, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I'm just but you know what I mean, man, is that like he's a guy that I think in the past has shown that when everything else is going right, he can really chip in and like piggyback off of it. But that's kind of every player on this team they're all, all a bunch of passengers yeah they they all they they're all looking for that catalyst and everyone loves wants Giroud to still be that and i love Giroud as much as the next guy but he can't be your catalyst anymore no. how is he supposed to be your catalyst he can't and that, that's what that's what you're saying like the, the the franchise did him dirty like he he has been so consistent with such inconsistent teammates and strife in the organization. Like that's how good he is. Ugh. It's it, it's just it, it's a very damn shame because the other thing is is that like for whatever reason it just feels like a rebuild is the last possible outcome to all this. Yeah. It, it feels like and like Dan said, I don't think it's as long as people think. Not if they do it right. Yeah, do what the Rangers they want to do it, you can front. tear this shit down, rebuild, and be good to go in four or five years max. Was that four yeah. years ago the Rangers put out that letter to the fans like, hey, we're going to stink for a little bit, yeah, and now they're like fucking that. awesome. And they embarrassed the Flyers with great regularity last season. They fucking tanked, 
They got good picks, and they made key trades, and they made really big free agent signings. Who the Flyers signed? JVR. Yeah, like, obviously the Rangers got a lot of help with, like, guys yeah. like Truba and Fox demanding to go any, like, nowhere but there. Yeah. But... I mean, like, no, your your point still stands. It's just even like the Hurricanes, like these are teams that did it the right way, and now they're reaping the rewards. And the Flyers are just kind of in this half-pregnant approach, and this is the yeah. product we get. Same with the Panthers. Same with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's it. Even the Devils. All right, we're in a fucking hour and eight minutes into the show. Here. Let's wrap this shit up. Um, tomorrow with Shane. I assume we're doing still doing a show Tuesday with Anthony. And then Thursday for Sisterly Pod, Friday for Frequent Flyer, and these th- shit. I think believe Nick's back on Sunday for a post game, aren't you? Uh, is that the sixth? Something like uh, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be yeah, back. Yeah, it's the fifth. Yeah. Good enough. Nick will be back yeah. for post game that week. So there you go. At Dan the Flyer Van, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore Pod. Got a piece out tomorrow morning. Probably by the time most of you are listening to this, uh, describing everything that we just talked about. It's twenty two hundred words. Of just insanity, of ramblings of a madman. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, Nick, where can people find you on Twitter? At Forza Inter 215. Anthony. A DeMarco 25. All right, everybody. Until next time, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time, goodbye and good night. Yeah! Yeah!